Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. We're going to talk to David Locke coming up here momentarily, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. David in midseason form already in two broadcasts, Gordon. Consummate <laughs> professional. Well, he'd been thinking about it for a while and was ready to go. Well, I, I, Remember we talked to him last time and he said he was, he was rifling through all his uh, notes and uh, he had so much material, he was trying to consume it all. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of people think guys just show up and, and just repeat what they see with their eyes, and that is a talent in and of itself. But, man, the guys I know really do a lot of homework behind the scenes. And that includes both Locke and Bowler. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, no doubt about it. So we'll get David's thoughts on everything that is uh, going on with the Utah Jazz. Their next uh, game, Gordon, is coming up tomorrow night. It's an 8 o'clock start. They're in L.A. to take on the Clippers. Uh, pre-game will begin at uh, 7 o'clock. Now, was that game at 8 uh, because uh, did did, uh, did Kawhi sign off on that? Did he say it was okay? <laughs> I guess. Uh, I mean, if he wants it to start at 8.15, would that be all right with the Jazz? Yeah. Uh, pro- I don't know. You know, it'd probably be fine with the Clippers. I know he gets – they kick out all the all the uh, female employees. Or is, it, or is it the cheerleaders? Who are they kicking out so that Kawhi could warm up by himself? Yeah, it was, a, it was like the cheerleaders or somebody who was using <laughs> the other locker room. You know, the, the, the worst thing that happened to the Clippers – uh, in this sense, you know, with with Kawhi being demanding and, and that sort of thing was he won in Toronto. Like everything he did, the, the injury to get his way out of San Antonio, Toronto <laughs> hiring everybody he's ever met and uh, just bending over backwards to please him, to convince him to stay. They actually, it, it worked. They won a title. <laughs> and so now uh, I would guess that Kawhi feels that behavior is A-OK. Okay. So in that sense, maybe it wasn't a good thing that he won. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's get out to the zone phone. Uh, joining us now, in fact, his uh, his interview every week brought to you by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. He is uh, he is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He's also president of the Trent Forest Fan Club. He's David Locke with us on the Big Show. Hello, David. I think I might have been a Trent setter there. Oh, <laughs> oh that's funny. <laughs> funny stuff. That's, a, that's an inside joke because on the broadcast on Monday, David may have said that uh, he's the president of the Trent Forest fan club. Yes, and then I just thought I'd pay tribute to Steve Klauke with that little pun right there. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, David, I, Lo- I hope, I hope Klauke's listening. That's like the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> uh, I'm seriously like I'm I'm not I've never. That might be my only pun ever in my entire life. Like it might that be a highlight. Hey, one David, for one, David. David, do me a favor. Evaluate Steve Klauke. Uh, as a as a as a baseball play by play guy, I mean he's he's kind of a treasure, isn't he? He is a treasure. He's the best. I hope they get minor league baseball straightened out and Klauke gets to do his job again. That would be good <laughs> for for Klauke, probably for Steve's mental health too. But um, no, it's a pleasure to listen to. 
I mean, he's a little up there. I mean, he's a little out there. Oh, here we and go. He's a little gone, but he's he's not bad. You were on a roll, David. But but Clucky's got uh, Weber basketball and Weber football in the spring to to tide himself over. So I'm sure he's doing. Oh, all there right. we go. Good. Uh, Good for Steve. David, uh, your impression of the and take this whatever direction you want to go. Your your impression of the first two preseason games for the Jazz. What are you taking from them? If we played Phoenix in the preseason every night for the regular season, we'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, I just am a little hesitant to make a lot out of it because lots of fools have been made in preseason before. Um, but, you know, we I, I don't think we could have looked much better, right? We had an offensive juggernaut game. We had a defensive strong game, which I do think was tired legs on both sides. And then in that game, just at the moment we kind of had our, we looked our worst and we really didn't look very good. Then all of a sudden it was like, pow. And it was a four minute surge that turned into a 21 Oh run. And there was everything in that run was what Quinn Snyder wants out of his team. They, the shots got up quick and they were threes and they were catch and shoot threes and, and so, yeah, I mean, we really have looked very good. And I would say that our, what I'm now referring to as the COVID team, though only one guy tested positive in the NBA, um, either because we, you know, I don't know why. Like, good, good to see. Um, and uh, I'm joking that every team, like, from 10 through 14 on their roster is their COVID team because guys are going to test positive and then they're out for 14 days or something, plus two heart tests. So if that's the case, then you're going to have these guys that are 10 through, they're going to have to play for a while. Like they're going to be part of your rotation. It's not going to be like a one night cute thing. And so I'm referring to that as your COVID team. And I think our COVID team looks pretty good. So um, our COVID team is Shaq Harrison, probably who we haven't seen. Mia Oni, um, Juwan Morgan, maybe Jarrell Brantley, maybe uh, Udoka Azabuke. But I mean, maybe Elijah Hughes. I mean, it's actually, that's a pretty, we're pretty good though. So, David, based on what you're seeing, are you with your trained eye? Are you getting any kind of idea about the uh, the improvement of defense that has been sought after or hoped for? Um, I'd like to see a lot more before I decide that they weren't very good defensively in the first game. They didn't contain the ball great. Um, some individuals I thought were particularly poor. I'll leave out who they were, um, but there were two or three that I just thought had no impact at all. Um, and I know kind of that that was a focus coming in so that they listened in game two and played a much better defensive game. Um, and, and therefore I would say, you know, that, that was better. Um, I'm not convinced, you know, adding Derek favors has been obviously impactful. And so that will help us out. Um, but I, I don't, um, you know, I, 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 we're not going to be the defensive juggernaut. We're not going to be the defensive juggernaut that we were a few years ago. Um, in, in I mean, unless we're going to win the NBA title, and then that's a totally different um, uh, that's a totally different circumstance. But you know, we're just not a, as defense. We were like a team that was built completely for defense. Now we're built a little bit of a both, right? Like Dante Exum was a with us at least was a pretty awful offensive player and a pretty fabulous defensive player. Jay Crowder is a overrated offensive player and a pretty good defensive player. Um, Derek Favors as a starting power forward is not a very good offensive player. He's a really good defensive player. 
Um, and what was our? We made another change in there somewhere. So, oh, and Ricky Rubio's not a very good offensive player. He's a good defensive player. So we made four like quantum pivot changes. It worked. We became the number one offensive team in the league for a period of time. But I don't know that you can turn around and say, well, we got Derek Favors, so we just automatically became a top five defense at all times, because those other four switches to Boyan, to Jordan, to. Um, uh, Mike Conley and to whatever the fourth one I have is, is those are offensive changes, and we're still an offensive-minded team now. David Locke with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, David, the, you know, you've been uh, in sports and covering sports for a long, long time, and there are certain uh, cliches that you hear over and over and over again, like uh, it's recruiting day today or signing day today in college football. Oh, and every- it is? Yeah. Every- God, everyone they wanted. Yes, and oh exactly. my gosh, that's incredible. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for absolutely every single coach in the entire country who somehow during this pandemic got every single player they could ever imagine. Yep. That is incredible. So you, you get my drift. And one you always hear in the NBA is, oh, we're going to pick up the pace. I remember before Ty Corbin's right. last year with the Jazz, Ty, when they were the slowest team in the whole league, Ty was like, we're going to really pick up the pace this year. And it's like, okay. Uh, but it appears as if that is something the Jazz are, are wanting to deliver on. Uh, the pace has been significantly faster in these so first two games. So they want to. It's really hard. So, all right, so let's address this. Let's start with the first thing, okay? There have been third, there are 30 teams in the NBA that have played games. The 15th ranked pace of play team in the preseason right now is a 104.5. And we're at a 102.5. So we're 21st in the league in preseason pace. Okay, let's just get that for a second. Last year, the league average pace in the preseason was a 107. So actually, even a little faster. We were 20th in the preseason. So 107, right? That was the number I just gave you. The number in the regular season was a 101. So preseason basketball last year was 6%, maybe even 8% faster than regular season basketball. It's great to say you want to play faster, but when you really have to defend and you're going to get back on defense and you've played a bunch of games and it, it, it's tiring, and you just don't run, and it's hard to run, and very few teams actually do run um, at that level. Like, New Orleans last year really did play with pace. Minnesota played with pace. They were both terrible defensively. Washington played with great pace, particularly because they let you score so fast that it picked up the pace. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think it's a little misleading, and what is interesting and why I don't even like pace numbers about us is that in the last few years, we've allowed the fewest passes of anyone in the league. People just rush up the floor against us with the effort of trying to get rid of the ball or shoot as fast as they can because they don't want Rudy to be set up in the middle, right? So the better way I think to look at this is, uh, and there's a site that does this, it's called Inpredictable, I-N and then Predictable, um, and they look at the seconds of your possession. So last year we ranked 26th in the league in possession time, 14.8 seconds, okay? After a rebound, after a made shot, we were actually the 10th, we were the 23rd ranked team. After a defensive rebound, we were the 22nd-ranked team. But after a turnover, we were the 11th. So we were, pretty, so we were actually relatively quick after a turnover. 
not really 0.2 seconds different than league average. But to me, the number that we would like to improve maybe is after a defensive rebound, is there a way for us to be a little faster in pace of play than we are? But we weren't. The league average is 11.2 seconds and we were 11.7. So, like, this, it's pretty minimal. You know, maybe may, maybe much to do about nothing, quite frankly. David, I've heard you say it a thousand times during games and at other times that the two uh, areas where teams most are most preferred to take shots from, the three-point and the uh, around the basket. What number should do you think is ideal for the Jazz as far as numbers of three-point attempts per game? So I did a study two years ago. Um, took a long, long time. I have not revisited this. Um, so this is two years old data, but I basically built what I thought was the optimum um, shot chart. And the optimum shot chart, in my mind, is 40% of your shots at the rim, 40% of your shots is threes. Now, is that the league average on these two things are 31% at the rim and 39% is threes. So I actually might change my – this was two years ago. It's The league has changed a little bit. Actually, let me check and make sure that the numbers I just gave you are right because actually I just pulled up preseason numbers. Give me one second. Give me one second. Okay. I wasn't totally prepared for that. So 40-40-20 is my, my belief on this. The league last year was 35-36-29. Okay? So that's the league average. I knew those numbers sounded wrong. So the number one team in the league at shots at the rim last year was 40%. It's becoming harder and harder to get to the rim. The number one team in the league for threes were 46% by Houston and 42% by Dallas. Slightly adjusting to the way the league is going, while I still do believe in 40-40-20, I'm basically, it's almost impossible. So I might go 43-37. So you're one of the top two or three teams in the league in three attempts, and you're one of the, you know, 37 would put you at about eighth and ninth in the league in shots at the rim. So, but 40-40-20 is you know, optimum. I mean, you want more shots at the rim. So it's, it, you know, rim shots are more valuable. So 40, 40, 20 is really valuable. Here's the trend. Can I give you, cause I think this uh-huh. is interesting. Can, can I give you the trend? So 2015, 16, it was 36, 26. So rim 36, three is 26. Uh-huh. That was 15, 16. Let's jump two years to 17, 18. Okay, so we go from 36-26 to 35-31. The rim starts to go down, the threes go up, the mid-range shots go down. But most of the mid-range shots turn into are, are become threes, not rim shots. Last year was 35-36. So what you're seeing in this progression is the increase in threes, a decrease in mid-range shots, but the rim is staying just about the same. 
right? It was 36% in 1516, and now it's at 35%. So, David, what's the differential and what's the, uh, I guess, the, the spectrum as far as how much those percentages should slide based on how your team is built? Um, they shouldn't. You can't abandon the rim. The problem is that defenses dictate the rim. Offenses dictate threes. Does that make sense? So if you have gifted three-point shooters on your team, more gifted than maybe other teams, that, that really shouldn't matter that much. Well, no, I mean, so if you're, if you're as an offensive team in the league, if you want to take threes, you can get them. If you're committed to taking threes, you can get threes. The defense, they might be contested, they might be deep, but the defense really can't take those away. Hmm. Okay? Right? So, I mean, if we look, the league average, what was the league average was 36% of shots were threes last year. You know, the best defense in the league last year allowed 32%. Not, not a huge, huge difference. The best rim defense in the league was 29% of shots, Milwaukee, Milwaukee and Brooklyn really committed last year to not allowing shots at the rim. Now you've got me and I mean, I'm pretty being pretty geeky here. So I, I hope I don't bore everyone to death. Here's what's fascinating. 10 best teams in the league last year, defending the rim. So in a, when I say best, just denying shots at the rim. And if you actually want my belief on defense, I think the mo- single most important defensive stat is where your defensive effective field goal percentage location-based, the average of where teams shoot from. Because over the course of a year, that will lead you to have the best defense. Jazz were number one in the league last year because they have Rudy. So the top 10 teams in the league last year that denied the rim, this is what they ranked in denying threes. Ready? Last, second to last, third to last, Fifth to last, sixth to last, seventh to last, oh, tenth to last. Eight of the top ten teams in defending the rim last year were twentieth or worse in denying threes. There's only one team in the NBA last year that was in the top five denying the rim and top five denying threes. The Rudy Gobert's. <laughs> Well, David, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, by the way, was 10th in both. So I think New Orleans could have a huge defensive uptick because that's Stephen Adams. But the way the league is right now is that defenses have decided they're not allowing you to shoot at the rim. Milwaukee was 6% below league average. Brooklyn and Orlando were 5%, 4 or 5% below league average. And to do that, you have to concede three-point shots. You want one other note? Sure. I'm not sure I can totally back this up numerically, but I feel pretty strongly about this. I feel the league has analytics fatigue. And there's like a push to decide that analytics, it's gone too far or there's too many. And it to me means there's even more value than ever before. To do the to to shoot the three, 
to take 45% of your shots as threes, to be over the top analytically, because I feel like the rest of the league's back down a little bit from it. Well, David, thank you very much as always. Look forward to uh, tomorrow night's game and your call. Thank you. I look forward to it too. A late night for us in the yep. arena. Yep. Uh, I, I, I'm wearing tomorrow. I'm going to wear like long johns <laughs> and a ski hat. Like I think there's a chance that it could be freezing in the arena tomorrow. Well, it's freezing in With the no studio right there. now, if that makes uh, any difference to you. <laughs> well, then that, right. So like I'm coming in my new like ski hats and ja- down jackets, and I'm calling the game like I'm outside in the winter. Be prepared. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Stanford got every player they wanted today. That is so great. We're going to be awesome. Didn't miss on one guy. Not one. I've watched us this year. We've missed on a hell of a lot of guys recently. (laughs) Thank you, David. See ya. Radio uh, voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke, with us here on the big show. All right. We'll have more. You mean mean to say it's cold in the studio, Jake? Uh, Yes, it is cold. It is quite cold. Looking over uh, Lloyd on the other side of the glass, he's he's confirming that. I feel good. Well, you're on a different uh, thermostat thing. It's <laughs> that it's, works. It's Lloyd and me who are up a creek, <laughs> hanging hams, uh, frozen creek. I've I've got my hands inside my sweatshirt currently, uh, uh, trying not to have my teeth chatter. But you know what? I'm not going to complain. All right. Anymore. Anymore. After starting now. All right. Stay tuned. More next 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.